Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. Behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Mercy and forgiveness take precedence over bitterness and resentment. This is an upside-down kingdom. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Gee, how are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm doing great. We're looking at middle of October, um, almost the middle of October. Well, October 10th. Yeah. So we are kicking off fall break right fall now. Fall break. Come on now. <laughs> so I, what, I had what no your... idea about fall break. Yeah, you had no, yeah. that kind of came as a surprise this year right. to you. That's right. You just, you just wanted to keep going, didn't I, you? Keep going. Let's keep pressing on toward the goal. <laughs> now, I'm heading out to California with uh, go see my grandma. Oh, she's 101 years old awesome. and I uh, get to spend some time with her and my aunt and uncle. And what are you, Mr. Brown? What are you? Uh... Well, my wife and I, Lisa Ann, uh, love you, honey. We are celebrating our 30th anniversary. Mm. Uh, so we're going to go on a little cruise. Congratulations. Do what my dad calls a dead leaf tour of look at all the fall leaves on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, we don't we don't we have cactuses might fall over <laughs> once in yeah. a while here but uh um well i i if you're part of our ncs community and whether you're not i hope you have do have a good fall break amen um amen. get some rest relaxation time with family and uh enjoy that yep but make sure you you make time for this podcast today because yes. we've got a we've got a very special episode mike riddle uh, is with the Creation Training Initiative. And uh, Mike, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Yeah, just a thrill. I've I followed your ministry for a while. I've, I've not yet had the chance, the privilege to see you in person, uh, but I've enjoyed quite a few of your, your videos and have spent time on your website. Um, really enjoy what you're doing. You're going to be, as a matter of fact, you're going to be in Phoenix, uh, in the Phoenix area, I should say, less than uh, 15, 20 minutes away from the school. You're going to be at Black Mountain Baptist Church next Saturday. What is that, the 15th or 16th? Mm-hmm. 16th. 15th. The 15th. Okay. And you're going to be doing a, a creation basic training day long seminar. Uh, we'll include ticket information and all the information in the show notes. Uh, but wow, what what a fun yeah. day that will be. I've, I've seen, we'll look at this in just a minute. Your topics are, are it's going to be a great day of creation training and apologetics. And so, folks, if you are in Phoenix by any um, chance and you have the opportunity to see Mike uh, at Black Mountain Baptist Church, please, I encourage you to to spend a day with him and walk away with your, your faith strengthened yeah. and encouraged. It'll be well worth your time. Um, but, Mike, I'm going to start with your bio. I'm going to – this is a – you're an accomplished individual, and so the, this the obligation. This means I've been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, very accomplished, and so I want to I want to um, kind of highlight some of these things here. Mike is an international speaker and teacher on biblical creation, apologetics, and Christian education. He has been involved in 
creation apologetics for over 35 years. I love that term, creation apologetics. Yeah. I think that's that's so powerful. Mike has spoken at NASA, many secular and Christian universities, churches around the world, state homeschool conventions in both secular and Christian schools. Prior to being involved in creation ministry, uh, Mike was a captain in the U.S. Marine Corps and a national champion in track and field. Uh, Mike's experience in the education field includes a B.S. in mathematics, M.A. in education, teacher in both junior and uh, senior high school, an adjunct professor at the Northwest Graduate School of Ministry, an instructor at the Institute for Creation Research Graduate School, a speaker and author for Answers in Genesis, uh, director and uh, instructor in U.S. Sprint's Worldwide Engineer and Technical Training, a director and instructor in Microsoft's engineer training, and an instructor for the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, he's developed and taught teacher training and communication skills courses worldwide. Wow. Impressive, and, sir. And we forgot the six grandkids on there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. Absolutely. And you're, you're bringing those, they're coming into the fold and following your path in terms of uh, track, track and field, field as well, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're, they're going to be better than I was. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, Mike, before we get into these questions, I'm curious, what was, I love asking uh, creation researchers and, and creation presenters, I love asking this question, what was it that the Lord used to draw your interest and attention to creationism? Well, it's an interesting story because I grew up a non-believer. I was not a Christian until I was 30 years old. It's called being a slow learner there. <laughs> but uh, I was I was leading a pretty good life. I had a good job. Athletics were going good for me, but I was not a believer. And uh, one day I was in a gymnasium lifting weights. And a man came down and sat beside me and presented the gospel to me, asked me several questions. I answered all those questions wrong and ignored everything he had to tell me because I had no room in my life for God then. Seven years after that, I was on a business trip in computers, went to Indianapolis, got done work late one evening, got back to the hotel room, got in bed, and as laid there in bed that evening, that night, I finally understood the message that man gave me seven years earlier. Wow. I got on my knees and professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Got back in bed after that, after a while, and still couldn't go to sleep. Had a strong desire to teach the book of Genesis, which I had not even read yet. So reached into the drawer, pulled out the Bible, began reading Genesis chapter one and thought, if I can't trust or believe what's in this first chapter, there's no reason to read the rest of the Bible. Wow. Or maybe some of what I've been taught in universities may not be true. So I had an opportunity to travel all over the country in my job, talking to professors and scientists, asking them questions about evolution. Soon found a pattern to their answers and a lot of great stories, but none of them could directly answer my questions. So I thought, Here's these people that tower above me in intelligence can't give me the answers for evolution. So why should I believe in that where I'm finding answers in the Bible? So I became a creationist at that point, a six-day creationist. I trusted God's word right then and there for exactly what it says. He created everything in six days. So that's what led me into it. Then I found the Institute for Creation Research. And uh, they've been going for a number of years and uh, got mm -hmm. hooked up with them. 
and took an online, well, really one online course back then. It was, they mailed you a tape and you listened to it. <laughs> Mail order. I love it. And I got more and more interested. Then I uh, started to be an adjunct speaker for and teacher for Institute for Creation Research. And it's been going strong ever since then. Well, praise God. I I know that uh, we have a, a story of a, a workmate of ours uh, passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, yeah. a little bit like his story. Atheist, didn't believe in God, but this was, that was a big deal for him. And Mike, praise God that that he got a hold of you. Um, we talked about your uh, your seminar and the title of your upcoming seminar, Black Mountain Baptist, is called Creation Basic Training. In reading through your bio, considering your military service, basic training takes a special meaning. And when you talk about the basics of creation, what are the most important things you want your students or those that listen to this to understand? Well, number one is the full context of the gospel because creation and the gospel are, go hand in hand here. So that's the first thing. When I say full context, we start in Genesis 1-1 to understand who God is and all the way through the gospel message. That's the yeah. first thing we want to understand. Then we go from there and that we can trust God's creation that he did and create, they did create it in six little days, only about, we say about 6,000 years ago, we can't pinpoint it, but that range, certainly not hundreds of thousands or millions, but we can trust his word. So we go into, can you trust God's word as your sufficient authority in all matters? Then we cover the theological issues with an old earth. And there are many theological issues with old earth. Yeah. And one of them is, it's the creation is the foundation for the gospel. First three chapters lay the foundation for why Jesus had to come. So that's important. Then we also show them that there is no observational science for evolution. And we talk about that. We show them how to bring down the strongholds of evolution. And we don't require you to know a lot about science to do this. I go after the foundation. We show them tactics and strategies, how to go after the foundations so they have nothing to stand on when they give their next evidence. We go into the origin of life. It's a very simple subject. All you have to do is talk about amino acid proteins and the arguments over there. Yeah. So we keep it simple. So seventh graders can understand this, what we're talking about. And I've actually taught fifth graders, even carbon 14 before, and they can understand it. You have to give them what they need and not all the technical details. So it's, it's a nice course. We uh, we go all day, 8.30 to 5.30. And sometimes we get a really good class and we finish two or three minutes early. That always gets them a little motivated factor there. <laughs> We've actually finished. I've never gone over time. That's the worst thing you can do when you teach a course like this over time. We usually finish a few minutes early. But um, we it's classroom style, which means they can ask questions all day long and program time in for a lot of Q&A and a lot of interaction. And we actually do some exercises in there. Uh, could be push-ups too, if, if you don't make it back. There we go. Break on times. So <laughs> it is, it's classroom time. That's the Marine Corps and me. We love to watch people do push-ups. But uh, we go, we take breaks every hour. We have a lunch break. And again, it's very interactive. So we tell people to bring your questions about creation, evolution, or apologetics. Bring all the questions you want. This is your time to, to get the answers. And you get a 100-page manual that goes along with it. And it's organized because all the PowerPoint slides I show in the class are also condensed down in the book. So when you take notes, it's always beside the PowerPoint slide we were talking about. So it helps you organize what you were doing there. So we have a style of writing manuals that helps people. So those are the main things we want them to get out of here that the gospel creation is exactly as God said it is. And we don't have to be afraid of the science. The science supports 
God's word, and we can show them enough to support that. Mike, what are what are some of the questions, the most common questions people bring? Well, we get we get a variety of questions in here on the creation evolution. It can be things like, um, what about Second Peter three eight? That says uh, a day is a thousand years, thousand years is the day of the Lord. That's very common. So we ask questions like that. How could Noah fit all those creatures? And they usually say millions of creatures in the ark. And it wasn't millions. The Bible never says that. So we answer questions like that that commonly come up. Uh, sometimes we'll get questions like, what's the best evidence for the existence of God? That doesn't take more than 30 seconds to, to no. give. And it's a biblical answer, not a science answer. Um, sometimes we'll get questions like, what about the distant starlight? Those are supposedly some of the bigger questions. And that's not hard to answer. And we don't have to go in and this, I'm going to say some scary words here, but we don't have to use them in the class. We don't have to talk about time dilation and Einstein to answer Ooh. the question. Yes. So we don't have to do that. Um, those are, I'll uh, ask, um, what about teaching this? How do we teach this at home? What about my students? How should they answer questions? What about the public schools are going to? Get a lot of questions on that too. Help. So the grades are at stake a lot of times on this. So how do we answer those? Those dinosaurs is another one. How do you fit those in the Bible? Matter of fact, that's one of the biggest ones. How do you fit dinosaurs in the Bible? They're kind of big, aren't they? So we can answer questions like that. And and again, the course has a lot of material that covers the questions they've already come with. And then we, we use some techniques to help them retain the information. Rather than just it's a full day and everything we talk about is pretty understandable. But then it, towards the end of the day, it, it starts piling up. So we do a certain amount of repetition in there. We do some exercises in there to help you retain the information. So in terms of, you know, our school is the largest private school in the state of Arizona. We were recently featured on the cover of uh, or the front page of the New York Times because we have the audacity to preach a young earth that the world was created in six 24 hour days, less than 10,000 years ago mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, we, we accept any, and if, if you don't necessarily hold uh, to, to a young earth way of thinking, that doesn't mean you're, you're not a Northwest Christian student, right. uh, but it is an important topic. And I notice it's one of the topics that you're going to cover is that you are a young earth creationist. Why is that topic young earth? important to you well give me say the, the first and most important reason it deals with the authority of scripture we trust god's word or not mm. and we, we in the first chapter we go through the meaning of what the word day means and people don't seem to get this idea that words have meanings and there's rules for how we interpret words and that word day really means a literal day there's no other way to interpret unless you're going to put something in god's word that's not there then, well, as we said, it's a gospel issue. The whole reason Jesus had to go to the cross starts in the first three chapters of Genesis. You take away those first three chapters, we don't have a reason why Jesus had to go conquer death and go to the cross. It also deals with the very character of God. Because in Genesis 1.31, God called his creation very good or perfect. If there was millions of years in there, what would have been going on for those millions of years before Adam and Eve in the fall? That'd be dead things. That's what the fossil record is. It's a record of dead things. And God would have called all those dead things, all the struggle and diseases, very good. That doesn't sound like the God of the Bible. 
It also deals with the truthfulness of Jesus. See, in the New Testament, Jesus made a claim that he believed in the young earth. When he makes this statement in Mark 10, verse 6, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Jesus is telling us man and woman were on this planet from the beginning of creation, not after millions of years. We also have a problem with the Ten Commandments. Because in commandment number four in Exodus 20, verse 11, God wrote this down now. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth and sea all in them. If we can't believe those days were literal days, then commandment number four doesn't mean what it says. We've just destroyed the Ten Commandments now. So it's a very, very important issue because it deals with other major parts and doctrines of Scripture, including the gospel. If we give up the first three chapters, we don't have a lot to stand on anymore. Yeah. Well, it goes back to your testimony. I love the way you said that earlier. If we can't trust the very first chapter of the book, then, yeah. then why read the rest? Exactly. Know? And who's going to tell us what's true and what's not after that? Exactly. Exactly. One of the things, too, that I'm intrigued about in your presentation is that you actually talk about the possibility of extraterrestrial life, life outside of our solar system. Um, and and you hold a, an interesting position. Um, could you talk about that a little bit? What What is your concern or what is kind of your position on this idea of aliens and ETs and, and UFOs? What are your thoughts there? And how does that um, speak to the authority of God's word and this uh, this idea of creationism? Yes. Yeah, so, well, thank you for asking. It does come up occasionally in there. As a matter of fact, I'll be doing several talks at different churches just on that subject. I think wow. part of it comes what the government was doing the last year or so, saying they're going to unveil all the evidence about extraterrestrials and aliens. You know how much they came up with? Zero. Absolutely zero evidence. It's always <laughs> let me tell you what I saw. But never have we produced any evidence to support it. But uh, let's talk about that. Well, I go through the scientific evidence and what does the Bible have to say? Scientifically, it's not possible. They, people don't think these things through. It's, most of the ET stuff and UFOs is on an emotional level. They never get into the scientific uh, aspects of it. For instance, the distances are prohibitive. The near star to us on the sun is about 4.2 light years away. For them to travel here at the speed of light, which is not possible, it would take four years. The nearest galaxy to us is about two million light years away. The thing about this, radio waves don't travel any faster than the speed of light. So if you wanted to phone home, as in ET said, it would take you two million years to get your message back to your home planet. Everybody's dead by then. So the distances <laughs> are prohibitive. Then they don't think about the fuel consumption. And the faster you go, the greater the fuel consumption. And it's you get to an insurmountable amount of fuel that you're going to need to get to any location. And then the, the space dust, I like talking about. If you were to hit something going half the speed of light that's the size of a pea, you just blew your entire rocket ship up. So they don't think about those things. Then we get into the origin of life. You know, on this planet, which is ideal for life, our best scientists in the world cannot even create one single biological protein. We don't have to talk about all the other aspects like DNA and other parts in the cell. We can't even get one small biological protein. In other words, the natural tendency of molecules is always to bond away from life, never towards life. So we cover that issue. If it can't start here, what makes you think it could start anywhere else in this universe? Oh, we go through that. Then we get into the biblical issues. 
the Bible clearly states that everyone's sin, everyone's under the curse. All are under the curse. All creation's under the curse. But it also tells us that only the descendants of Adam and Eve can be saved. Here's a key issue. If there is intelligent life in outer space somewhere, they're under the curse with no hope of salvation. That doesn't make a lot of sense there. And um, about 97% of all these sightings, we can easily explain. They're all frauds or other weather balloons or missiles we've shot up. 3% about we haven't explained. That could be very demonic. Satan can deceive people. And he's done it all throughout history to deceive people. So they could be demonic or we may be able to explain them in the future. But as far as UFOs and aliens, folks, life is here on Earth and that's it. There's no evidence of any intelligent life or even microbes anywhere else in this universe. Now, they will try and trick people and say we found organic chemicals on asteroids. Well, that means certain types of amino acids. But that is not even close to life, folks. And a lot of them are the wrong shape anyway. So they don't give you the whole story when they talk about things like that. Or they talk about water. We're looking for water. Water on this planet. Water on that asteroid. Life. Well, it turns out water is one of the worst places in the universe for life to start. Life cannot start in water. It needs water after it's started, but it cannot start in water because water just destroys the molecular bonds. So we go into all those details there. And so my attitude or my belief is we're it. There is no intelligent life anywhere else in this universe other than that's physical life. We, we know we have angels, but we're not going to talk about them. We can't even find intelligent life in some of our own cities here. <laughs> Agreed with you, my friend. And uh, they make for some good movies, but uh, that's that's yeah. about it. That's about it. And Hollywood's uh, that's another question that comes up. What about Hollywood? Well, some of these movies are pretty good to watch. I enjoy them, but you have to understand what's going on here. Hollywood's out there to make money and also to indoctrinate. It's a tool evolution is used yeah. to indoctrinate. Right. A lot of our, a lot of people grew up thinking it's a strong possibility because they produced hundreds of movies talking about extraterrestrials, things like Star Trek, uh, ET, Phone Home, and all those. And they're all fun entertainment, but that's what they are is entertainment. You have to understand them to that point. Absolutely, Mike. And that goes back to our intelligent life here. We, we don't need to get our uh, intelligence from Hollywood or from any other thing other than the scriptures. Right. That's um, why I always say it is our sufficient authority in all that. And so back to your seminar, uh, just love that connection you draw between biblical creationism and apologetics. Can you um, describe that connection and, and, and put those two together for us? Absolutely. Uh, what do we mean by apologetics is Greek apologia, meaning we, we can verbally defend. What it really means is you know what you believe, you know why you believe it, and you can communicate it effectively. Now, helping bring down strongholds that keep people from accepting Jesus Christ. And part of that deals with the creation because there's the battleground for Christianity. A big part of it is at the foundation, the creation account. If we lose that, we don't have a lot of Bible to stand on. So we have to know how to answer questions and the bible commands us to do that first peter three fifteen says we're to have a ready answer always for the hope that's within us with gentleness and respect and we're not out to put people in headlocks and beat them up we're there with with a kind manner to give them answers jude 3 we are told to contend for our faith and that word contend is a powerful word it's where we get our word agonize so we're told to agonize over our faith 
Then the other one, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, we're to bring down all strongholds and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These are biblical mandates, not just for the elite, but for all Christians. And that's why we put them in this course. And then, then the whole idea of evangelism. Evangelism and apologetics go hand in hand today. Because every time you go out there and evangelize, people have questions. And a lot of these main questions like, where do you fit the dinosaurs in? What about UFOs? What about this and Starlight? What about the origin of humans? If you can't answer those, you've lost part of your credibility in your evangelism. So, yes, apologetics and creation go hand in hand because that's where the battleground is. Every generation, uh, Martin Luther, he had different battlegrounds than we have today, but he had battlegrounds. And we have a battleground today where the world is just rejecting the first chapters of Genesis. And our public school system clearly teaches there is no such thing as a greater God. Or now, now they have a new tactic. Oh, religion and science go hand in hand. What they mean is religion and evolution go hand in hand. No, they do not. No. Completely opposite in what they teach. And you cannot combine the two. And we show that in the class also. And we get into logic there. A little bit of logic. And everybody likes logic because it's a characteristic of God. So we have to like logic. Amen. But, uh, and in other words, what we find out is the order of events for what the Bible teaches for creation is completely opposite of what the evolutionists teach. That means they both can't be true. And again, the evolutionist model always puts in millions of years, which undermines the gospel and character of Jesus Christ and God. Well, very good. Well, Mike, looking yeah. looking forward to, to having you in Phoenix. I'm glad you're going to be here in October and, and not the middle of July. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are too. <laughs> oh, I, actually, actually, I like the heat. I go out and work out and hike my Camelback Mountain in the heat. Oh, wow. Okay. But also, as I mentioned, we have a special deal for the teachers, $25 for teachers who come. And oh. we do have, uh, for those who are under ACSI, we get a continuing education unit on that. Awesome. So we offer that for our teachers because we want teachers there and your students are and you get, um, and I believe the church is going to be providing lunch too. So that comes with the package. Okay. Fantastic. Well, we'll get this word out to our teachers yeah. as well. Yeah. But Mike, thank you for being with us today. This has been so insightful. And uh, I'm grateful to you for the work that you do. Grateful for the fact that you're coming to Phoenix and, and thrilled that you were part of uh, the podcast today. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you have a blessed day. Thank you, you very well. much. And folks, you have a blessed day as well. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.